Welcome to the Mycotoxin Matters podcast from Alltech Mycotoxin Management. As mycotoxins present an ever-increasing threat to livestock production, join us as we discuss these impacts and potential solutions, sustainable farming, and our vision for a planet of plenty. Hi, this is Nick Adams, Global Director for Alltech's Mycotoxin Management Team, and you're very welcome to this episode of Mycotoxin Matters. In this episode, we're joined uh, once again by Dr. Radka Boratova, and we'll be delving more into the topic around the impacts of mycotoxins on pigs and some of the common signs that we might see in the field. Radka has worked in and around the field of mycotoxins now for a number of years since initially completing her uh, DVM and then her PhD uh, that was focused on the subject of mycotoxins and uh, the immune status of of chickens. So Radka, uh, great to have you back. Uh, very welcome. Hello, Nick. Nice to hear you again. So Radka, uh, you'd written recently uh, around this sort of topic of uh, the impacts of mycotoxins on pigs and some of the common common signs that we might see. And one of the things that that really sort of came out uh, in that blog uh, was the concept of multiple mycotoxins. And I wondered whether we, we might start there with just trying to understand why multiple mycotoxins are so important when we're thinking about some of these field signs. Yeah, so what we discuss also inside the uh, article is that mycotoxins are produced by molds. And if you realize there are more than hundreds of thousands of different molds out there, and those molds can produce hundreds of different mycotoxins. But the probability that the feed or food ingredients will be, will be contaminated with several molds at the same time, it's immediately there is immediately connection to uh, multiple mycotoxins because one mold can produce more mycotoxins at the same time or doesn't have to produce any mycotoxins. And uh, actually, what we are seeing right now, thanks to our Alltech 37 uh, Plus program, is we are routinely analyzing uh, different samples from the field. These are raw materials. These are finished feeds for swine, for, for the other species as well. And what we can see is that these feedstuffs or, or, or uh, finished feeds are regularly contaminated with more mycotoxins uh, at the same time. Or, for example, if you look at our summer harvest survey, which we performed last year, then we could see that, for example, those corn samples, which we have analyzed, they contained more than six mycotoxins on average. So one sample was contaminated with six mycotoxins on the average. And this is just when we are able to analyze for 54 mycotoxins at the same time. I believe if we would be able to analyze for 540 different mycotoxins at the same time, we would find much more mycotoxins in those uh, feedstuffs. So this is natural. It's natural that the, the food or the feed contains more mycotoxins at the same time. And the problem is that one mycotoxin can cause typical uh, clinical signs in uh, in the swine, but if we mix those mycotoxins, then the final outcome is very difficult. So we don't really see 
those signs which we see on the in the field. We cannot really say, oh, this is aflatoxin or this is aflatoxin poisoning because usually the feed is contaminating more mycotoxins at the same time, which interact together. There are synergistic additive antagonistic interactions. So they modify the final uh, impact on the animal. So Radka, picking up on that, and if I think about reading your blog, and, and if the listeners haven't uh, read the blog, they can do so at nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W, mycotoxins.com. And you talk about the the 10 common signs that we might see on the farm when we're thinking about mycotoxins and their impact on pigs. And those signs are very varied. And perhaps that comes back to that concept of multiple mycotoxins. And, and we've got varied mycotoxins and therefore our symptoms are varied. If you try to say, well, I've talked about 10 common signs, what do you think are the three most common of those Ten signs that uh, pig producers should look out for on the farm. That's a good question, Nick. Uh, it's very difficult to choose the three ones which would be the most dominant ones. What we could see on the farm, but definitely, what I've heard from veterinarians is and farmers is the general pig health status is somehow compromised. So. That I would see is one of those signs where you have to be careful, especially when we talk, for example, about sows, and there is increased culling rate, there is higher mortality. Then you have to pay attention. These might be connected to mycotoxins because usually these animals which have compromised health status, they are normally vaccinated, but they don't respond to vaccination programs. Uh, there are increased infection outbreaks. Uh, due to the pathogens, and simply the there are the elevated medical costs. This is something where I would be already paying attention. Something is happening with the animals. They don't respond to vaccination. They are very often sick. I have a very high, high culling rate, or the, the, the animals are just dying from unknown, obviously unknown reason. That would be the first one. The second one would be the feed intake. Uh, usually many of those, my, uh, many of mycotoxins decrease the feed intake. That's what I think could be the second common sign where I would be already also suspecting the mycotoxins are involved and uh, the third one definitely the performance. So if you are able to measure your performance then look at the uh, FCR for example the daily weight gains and that's very much connected to the feed intake as well. And of course, in the end, if there would be very high intoxication, also mortality rates. So, whole status, feed intake, and uh, performance. That would be the top three, I would say. And and in those scenarios, Radka, what you're saying is if if you're seeing challenges in those areas and you cannot explain that easily by some other management occurrence on the farm, then mycotoxins should be one of the things that, that are considered uh, as a contributor to that. Yeah, definitely. And of course, uh, uh, the mycotoxins, they have to be analyzed by uh, specialized detection techniques. So it's not something you can see. You can see mold uh, sometimes, 
they are visible. They have the animals sometimes have a lower feed intake just because molts are having an impact on the palatability, but their feed intake can be compromised also directly by mycotoxins. So yes, definitely, um, that's what it is. So when we think about farmers who are making their own feed on farm, what should they be doing to work with their suppliers and what should they be doing you know, on their own farm to try and stay ahead of the mycotoxin challenge? That's indeed a very good question because that's what everybody should ask if he wants to manage uh, mycotoxin successfully. I think the first, I would, I would make it like four steps. So for me, the first step would be definitely to keep an eye on uh, incoming draw materials uh, and the best would be if they could do that before those raw materials are accepted on the farm or if you talk about feed meal, on the feed, uh, into the feed meal. Of course, uh, keep an eye on mycotoxins. I mean, analyze your raw materials by analytical methods, different analytical methods. There are rapid test kits, ELISA kits. Uh, there are specialized labs which can analyze for... Uh, for mycotoxins, that would be the first one. The second one would be once you prepare the feed out of those raw materials, then uh, on regular analyze the mycotoxins on regular basis also in the finished feed because finished feeds are already a cocktail of different raw materials where every raw material can bring its own mycotoxins into that cocktail. Uh, the third one would be definitely also look at the storage or uh, take care of the storage conditions use uh, mold inhibitors, do whatever to uh, to stop the existing molds, which are probably on the raw materials, from produ production of the other, like storage mycotoxins. So the concentration of mycotoxins which you purchased with your raw material is not going to increase uh, anymore, and the concentration just stays stable as you, as you receive that. And uh, the fourth step, uh, that's just re really the fourth and the last intervention what you can do is if something escapes those three steps, uh, then you apply the effective mycotoxin binder or the activator. So it helps to deactivate or bind the mycotoxins uh, inside the gastrointestinal tract of the animals. That would be my four steps, how I would define uh, good mycotoxin management. So maybe looking at it from the other side, if a farmer is purchasing feed from a commercial feed mill, how should that farmer work with their feed mill to understand the, the mycotoxin challenge or a potential mycotoxin challenge uh, that, that is coming from, you know, ingredients that are sourced in different regions and countries, but, you know, coming through the feed mill and potentially then ending up on the farm? Yeah, if you are a farmer, that's what you said. You don't have a control over the raw materials. So the feed mill needs to do the mycotoxin management for you. The feed mill has to, should test the raw materials for, uh, for mycotoxins and then apply those raw materials into the finished feed. And uh, as a farmer, what you could do is to have a very good relationship to, the feed, uh, to your feed mill, have a very... Uh, often the discussion and of course request uh, the the testing results for the feed if it is possible that's what i would do or also have some internal threshold levels which levels of uh, mycotoxins 
certain mycotoxins, you can pick up one or two or three different mycotoxins where you think uh, might be the biggest problem for you and just really request that those finished feeds which you purchase from the, the from the feed mill are not going to have higher concentrations than those uh, in your threshold limit. So, for example, I don't want to have uh, dioxinivanol in my feed and I would accept only feed which contains maybe 200 up to 250 ppb of DON. I mean, if it's higher, you just need to have a discussion with the feed mill and you need to do your test own testing as well. That's what I would do. So because one thing is the discussion and one thing is understanding what is happening in the feed mill and how is their mycotoxin management control. And the, the second one uh, is that as a farmer, you also have uh, possibilities to analyze your uh, finished feed in credited labs. And uh, the last, uh, again, I would also request the feed meal to apply mycotoxin binder in my uh, finished feed. That's what I would do if I was a farmer. And I don't have a control over the raw materials, but I still have some power of influence and I can still do my testing and I can still request a, a, a specific uh, mycotoxin binder or deactivator in my diet. And of course, I would also add that you can, you should also do your uh, good mycotoxin management in your own operation. Uh, that's as well regarding the storage and so on. But that goes to the previous question which you have asked. So, so really what you're saying, Radka, is whether I'm buying ingredients onto the farm or whether I'm buying finished feed onto the farm, it's really important to have a good relationship with the suppliers, understand the mycotoxin levels in the ingredients or feeds, and then work with those suppliers to, to try and obviously buy as, as high quality ingredients feed as possible, but also then manage the inevitable levels of mycotoxins that will be in those ingredients and feeds, depending on you know the challenge that has come from the growing season, etc. Yeah, exactly, because our assumption should be that the, the feed which we receive from the feed meal or the raw materials which we are buying are not going to be clean. So we always have to think the mycotoxins are going to be inside and what am I going to do with those levels which are in the, in that feed? And so final question, Radka, I mean, we talked about obviously the importance of, of feed and the, and the feed ingredients. What about other vectors for mycotoxins on the farm, you know, what other things should people be looking out for as potential sources of mycotoxins? This is an excellent question, Nick. Uh, we always say that most of the mycotoxins are getting inside the animal through the feed, which is true. But definitely, uh, if you are on the farm, you also have to think what are the other routes of the exposure of the animal. So I would say one of the important routes could be the bedding. So, for example, if you are using straw as the bedding, the animals are eventually going to eat that straw. So keep an eye on the straw. And again, keep an eye on your storage and keep an eye on the, the, the cleanliness of the feeding drops, where if you don't keep them clean, the rest of the feed which stay in those drafts, they can get moldy and they can, they can spoil eventually clean let's say, clean or low contaminated feeds which are getting into those that drafts. And those molds can uh, further impact the palatability of the feed and feed intake uh, of the animals. 
Radkis, thanks very much indeed. Uh, as always, uh, great to have your thoughts and experience uh, on mycotoxin matters. And and certainly it reinforces that concept that the, the mycotoxin management needs to be holistic. It can't just be one piece or, or another piece. It needs to, to really look at everything from incoming grains all the way through to the cleanliness of the, uh, the, the feed lines and the troughs on the farm. Uh, many thanks for, for your time, Radka, and we look forward to having you on Mycotoxin Matters again in the future. Thank you very much. for pleasure. I'm looking forward to the next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mycotoxin Matters. Uh, if you did, please be sure to leave a review and sign up to future episodes of our podcast. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening today and look forward to you joining us next time on the Mycotoxin Matters podcast. For more information on the topics discussed, please visit nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W mycotoxins.com.